Well, welcome to our second week in our series, Celebrate Christmas. And last week we opened it up by talking about how Jesus is king. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a unique Christmas message, but I think one that is important for us to hear is that Jesus is the slain Savior, that Jesus had a mission. Jesus came to earth for a reason. And, you know, it's not, yeah, it's easier to kind of talk at Christmas time and kind of focus on, you know, the little baby Jesus and the manger story and kind of like those sentimental feelings. But we realize as we see throughout Scripture that there is a very specific point. And even as Jesus is born, the prophecies in the Old Testament talk about how Jesus is here and coming for a very specific reason. Jesus came on a mission. It's kind of like, you know, if you think about like maybe those movies, like a a Saving Private Ryan type movie where people are like, we have someone to come and save. We're going behind enemy lines and we're going to save this person. Somebody is, 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 their life is in danger and we're going to go. And there's moments in time where people are willing to do unthinkable things because they really, really love and care about someone else. There's people that do sacrificial, unbelievable, um, unthinkable things in certain circumstances because of love. And that's what we should reflect on and should celebrate at the time of Christmas because we recognize that all of the, the Old Testament and the Bible says there will be the Savior that comes, that will come for a purpose for a mission, for a reason. And that's because we need to be saved. That's because we need help. That's because we are in a mess here and God needs to intervene in a profound and important way. And so the unbelievable worth and care and love that God demonstrates is fully encapsulized in the fact that God came to earth on a mission, a salvation mission for us. And that's, that's the picture. And so at Christmas time in places uh, all around the world and in homes, we put up our Christmas trees, right? Anybody have a Christmas tree up? I have mine beautifully positioned by the window so that, you know, you can flip the lights on. I have the, I have the lights on the light switch. That's the key. That's the pro move. And then, you, you know, you flip those lights on and, and people drive by and they see it right out the window. I love it. I, I, I love the Christmas tree. You know, like, I'll, I, I, would, I will sit there and normally I drink my coffee in the morning in the other, but not during the Christmas season. I I drink, I drink it by the Christmas tree in the morning. Like, and that is, it's, it's nice, and we, we love that picture of Christmas. But really, here, our picture of Christmas, our tree, looks like that. That's what our tree looks like. Our tree looks like that. And that's, that, that is a harder one to kind of conceptualize. You can't quite sell that tree as much But that's our Christmas tree. The cross is our Christmas tree. Because we understand and recognize Jesus came for a mission. He came on purpose. He came specifically. 
And so as we're going through, we're looking at all these kind of prophetic words that give us some insight into um, uh, the, the message of Christmas. And one of the, the great prophets that foretold and talked about Christmas and the coming of Christ more than any other was the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah has these famous verses that are quoted all throughout the New Testament, specifically around the Christmas season, because he uh, prophesied about what was to come. Isaiah lived about 700 years, 700 BC. He wrote, you know, uh, his uh, account and uh, the book of Isaiah, which is one of the most significant uh, prophetic books in scripture. And he wrote it, interestingly, in a time where they were under siege from the Assyrians. And so they were being, um, they, they were... The Assyrians actually invaded Jerusalem and they pushed them out. And the Assyrians did this to different people than just the Israelites. But they would kind of come in and conquer a place and like uh, take the people and relocate them to another area and like take them out. And the Assyrians were a pretty nasty group of people. And so in that time period and in that era, uh, the prophet um, Isaiah is talking about uh, salvation. And he talks about even uh, one of the verses in Isaiah. He says, you know, Isaiah 12, 2. He says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And that's, that kind of sums up in a very simple way his message in his book, Isaiah uh, 12, 2. Surely my God, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And so, so Isaiah is giving this message to people who are under siege and being persecuted. The Israelites were persecuted before, they were persecuted after. And it's in this mix that he says, it will be okay. You don't have to be afraid. Salvation is coming. The, the, the Egyptians persecuted them. The uh, Babylonians persecuted them. The Assyrians persecuted them. The Romans persecuted them. You know, all throughout history, they always went to, through periods of difficulty and, and persecution and all of these eras. And he still, in the middle of that, says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. So the words of Isaiah are interesting, and we quote them throughout uh, Christmas time because he actually announced the coming of Christ. And I read some of that um, uh, when I lit the candle this morning in Isaiah 9, and he also talks about it in Isaiah 40, announcing that the Messiah will come and some of the details around his coming. He also uh, says that Jesus will come for a particular purpose and reason like we're going to talk about today and says that Jesus will 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 fulfill and be a sacrificial death on our behalf and then Isaiah also says that that he will return and claim his own in Isaiah 60 and so in some way kind of the pattern of our series is based off of the prophetic words of Isaiah saying that this is what the Christmas story is all about and this is what he foretold 700 years before it would happen. In fact, a lot of people that like now in modern times look back at the prophecies of Isaiah and they say it couldn't be 
It couldn't be that he was so accurate and he had so many things to say. And so there's a lot of modern people that want to like say, mm, it must not have been written in that time or something like that. Because how in the world could he be so accurate on these details? How in the world could this happen? And that is exactly the words that we get. So let's read Isaiah 53. Um, and in this mix of all these other things going on around, Isaiah says these words. He says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's a really important phrase that we'll explain more. But he's saying, look at this. This is the message I've been proclaiming to you. Are you going to believe this message? Are you going to accept this prophecy that who has believed this message? The arm of the Lord has been revealed. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds... We are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Isaiah in this context and in this world kind of lays out and opens up this prophetic word that is quoted over and over in the Gospels when Jesus comes. Kind of saying this is who Isaiah was talking about. It's Jesus Christ. And this is the mission that Jesus, that baby, came to, to fulfill. As he says like, do you believe the arm of the Lord has been revealed? This is an interesting little phrase. And something that Isaiah picks up on more than anybody else. But it's something that is stated actually a surprising amount of times in the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, it, it's stated I think over 50 times in some way or another. Talking about the arm of the Lord. Talking about the arm of the Lord. And you know, a, a couple of different times throughout the Bible, that it, it makes specific reference to the of the Lord when it's talking specifically about salvation, talking about God showing up and helping us and saving us. Uh, there's, there's the incredible passage of scripture when the Israelites are trapped uh, and the Egyptians are coming upon them and they face the Red Sea and what are they going to do? And God says, you know, raise your hands up and I'll part the waters and they do. And it talks about the arm of the Lord. And later the Israelites are, being, are, are in a war and God commands Moses to raise his arms up. And as long as his arms are up, they win the battle. And if his arms are down, they lose the battle. Throughout scripture over and over, it's talking about the arm of the Lord. And it's a couple of things that are going on here. The arm of the Lord is, is demonstrating in a way that we could conceptualize and understand that God is strong. So let me, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work this out here. And I did not uh, prepare this in advance. I did not give my son warning. But I want you to come help me. Will you help me, Titus? Okay. All right, give Titus a hand. This is my son. Okay. He's 13. Um, uh, uh, who's taller? I'm taller. And you know why? I just got an, um, He's been catching me. And so I, I, I figured out a trick. I, I just bought a new pair of boots that give me two inches. So, so these are my new boots. These are my 5'9 boots. I'm 5'7, but these are my 5'9 boots. And as long as I got my 5'9 boots on, I'm good to go. Uh, in, in a couple of months, if you see me wearing platform shoes or high heels, you understand what's going on. He's caught up to my 5'9 my boots. But um, the arm of the Lord is depicted here, and there's a couple of things that are going on. Okay, the arm of the Lord, the first thing is, and this is something that kind of happens between father and son, especially when a son is kind of getting like close to the same height as me. Like he has to understand, even though he's about the same height as me, I still got him in other areas. Okay, I still outweigh him by a solid 50 ish pounds. Okay. And so, so even though he may be as tall as me, like fathers understand that there's a few moments when a 13 year old is around that you just kind of like, okay. All right. This, this will solve any questions. All right. This, this will solve any debates that we might have. Yeah. You may think you're getting as tall as dad, but there's old man strength that can come into this equation. And I can, I can end the conversation really quick because I got a few more years. So you got it? The arm? Do you, do you have any questions about that? All right. The arm. So the part of this text is like it's saying, we got this. Okay? And that's, that's really what it's saying. It's like, hey, hey, you guys over there, I understand that there be, be moments where it's scary. The Assyrians are coming. The Egyptians are coming. You know, all these. I, I get it. But do you understand? Boom. We got this. We got the secret weapon. We got the arm of the Lord that will come down and, 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 and can handle whatever's going on. You got that? You got, okay, all right. Don't forget, tough guy. Don't forget. Okay, all right. But there's something else here that we have to understand about this. It's also saying, do you understand that the arm of the Lord is here? And it's this. It's Okay. All right? All right, Titus. It's okay. Relax. I'm here with you. All right? So, so there's the... Bow, bow. Bow, bow. You guys impressed? We got it? Tit- okay, go ahead. Titus' turn. All right. Yeah. Uh, he, he still can't handle this. Do you want me to take my shirt off in here? All right. All right. We got this. We got the arm of the Lord. All right. We got the arm of the Lord. But we also have the arm of the Lord. Okay. We have the arm of the Lord that is here. And the arm of the Lord is with you. And will be there for you. And guide you through it. Okay. You can go sit down. Give Titus a And so this phrase is, is really intentional and deliberate. And it's something that Isaiah picks up on. And he's like, do you get the arm of the Lord? 
the arm of the Lord. And do you get that God is not afraid? Do you get that nothing is too, too overwhelming for God? But do you also get that God is there? God, the arm of the Lord is there. And I think it uses kind of these physical, kind of, kind of human pictures. Because this is what God does. God comes to us. God comes to us on our terms. God does this over and over in the scripture, and it's even it's the loudest at Christmas time. And we need to hear that and understand it. That God comes and shows up in our world. And he he uses a human physical illustration to say, God is there with you. God's arm is there with you, beside you, walking with you. And so understand the prophecy. Understand the picture that God gives here. Is do you believe what is taking place? The arm of the Lord has come. The arm of the Lord has come, and this is what will happen. And it continues to talk about how he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. There's all these things that take place, that all the pain that has taken place, all the, all the heartache, all the, all the sin, all the rebellion against God. He shows up still and he says, um, I will take that pain away. I will bear your suffering. I will be there and I will walk beside you in it. You know, the scripture really demonstrates and it's something that that we have to gather and we have to remember and we have to, we have to never forget is that Christmas is a proclamation of the love of God more than anything else. We understand through the prophecies and we understand like the other things that are going on, that Christ is king. We understand and next week we'll talk about how Christ will return in power. And that is a Christmas message as well. But the proclamation of Christmas that is the loudest and clearest is that God loves and God cares. God cares about what's going on in our life. God cares about the situation of this world. God cares and loves you. And he said, he showed up amongst amongst this mess and understood suffering, was familiar with pain, was rejected, and was pierced for our transgressions, was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. We have to understand and realize that we are all like sheep who have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own ways, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. At Christmas time, we make our wish list. We think about the things that we would like. Um, You know, and sometimes even this time of year, maybe even we reflect on the past year. 
2019, we're turning over. It's going to be a new stinking decade. Can you believe it? 2020. Sometimes, like, when those years roll over, you start looking back and you start thinking about things. And you're like, man, how has the last decade gone? How has the last year gone? What kind of things would I like to do in the future? What would 2020 be like? What is my wish list? What, is, what would I like to have in my life? And we start thinking about not just, like, the gifts or the things that we would want, but also, like, what we really would like out of life. What would we like out of life? What is important to us? What really matters? And sometimes our thoughts go to, hey, remodeling our, our kitchen. That would be nice. That would be, that would be something we'd like. A new car might be nice. A new, you know, a new toy or this kind of thing might be nice. But, like, when we really get down to it, we know and recognize that it's not stuff that we need. Isn't that true? And, and, and maybe it's the most glaring this time of year. Because, because we can have like this season where we get a new toy and we hang out a little bit and we get it and we get it out of the box and we play with it and we have fun and we're entertained and we're, we're occupied. Our mind is focused on that for maybe a week or two, right? And then... It's back to like kind of the grind of January, right? And that's how it goes. And so maybe it's exciting or maybe it's distracting or maybe it's like part of our culture where we just kind of like have to hype up like new things and new stuff to distract us from what we really need. But as people of faith, we need to be people that ask ourselves, what do I really need? What do I really need? What do I really need in life? It's not more stuff. It's not more of like this that will distract me from like the mu- mundane aspects of my life. It's not like maybe, maybe new circumstances in my life or everything like just kind of changing and like relocating, doing something different to make my life seem like it's moving forward. No, what we really need is we really need to be loved. You realize that, right? That's what we really need. What we really need in life is we need to be loved. We need to know that we're cared for. We need to know that like, there's people that are there for us. We need to know that somebody has our back. We need to know that we are valued and loved beyond, comp- you know, beyond like, these superficial things. That, that, that there's something that really matters in life. And as we reflect, we intuitively know that that is something that goes beyond everything else. We all know that. Sometimes maybe we try to ignore it and we try to distract ourselves and we try to get away from it because like it's easier to buy something new. But really what we need is love. And, and the profound picture of scripture is it's saying, I will give you exactly what you need. You may wish that all your problems in life went away. You may wish that you had like... You know, kind of your whole list taken care of. You may wish, as the prophet was, you know, talking about like the Assyrians that were coming. Man, I wish that that problem was taken away. That's a pretty legitimate problem when Assyrians are coming, right? Anybody had Assyrians coming after you? That's, that's a rough day. You wish that that be taken away. But God shows up and he says, this is what you need. What you need is you need to know and believe that the arm of the Lord is there. You need to know and believe and really, really settle it in your mind that God is there. 
And when he says that, understand it. God is there. Boom, 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 boom. God is there, okay? God is there. Know that. But you also need to know God is here. God is here. And God is is right there amongst all the things you're going through. God is walking with you. And so in a confused world, in a world with lots of different things that swirl around, lots of things that distract, lots of things that sometimes I don't understand, and there's lots of times I have doubts about God. I do. Anybody else? There's something that we can't have a doubt about. And we can't have a doubt about God's love. And that's something that we need to settle at Christmas time. And something that was settled once and for all is that, that we, 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 we can't doubt God's love. We may doubt his methods. We may doubt some of these other things. But the message of Christmas is you can't doubt God's love. You can't doubt that God cares about you. You can't doubt that God is involved and invested and here. Believe it. The arm of the Lord. Believe that. And so, the Christmas message and the Christmas proclamation for people like us is we have to reflect on the whole scope of Jesus' coming. We have to reflect on exactly the mission that was at hand that first Christmas time. It wasn't just a precious baby in a manger and a sweet little scene and like these, these emotional tear-jerking songs. That's not it. Is it says Jesus came and he would bear the sin of the world. That he would be pierced for our transgressions. That he would be crushed for our iniquities and the sin of the world would be laid upon him. That this is our Christmas tree. The cross. And so it is a time for us to remember celebrate and reflect that the first Christmas, Christ shows up and gives us the gift that we need, the one thing we need more than anything else. A proclamation from the heavens accompanied with angels, accompanied with all of this stuff to demonstrate to us crystal clear, once and for all, you are loved. And there, there is a purpose for all of this. That the God of the universe is with us. There's a meaning to this. The arm of the Lord has come. Will you pray with me? God, we are uh, sometimes not focused on the cross during Christmas. But we recognize in the words of Isaiah and all throughout Scripture that you came for a reason, a purpose, a mission. That you showed up for a specific plan. And God, I pray that that message would not be lost on us. 
God, I pray that it would be clear in our minds that you came to save us. You came to be with us. That you showed up in our world. The God of the universe came to earth. God, help us to just grasp that. And so, God, today, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate everything that it means. We celebrate the fact that it demonstrates once and for all that you care about us. You love us. You're involved in our lives. You understand pain. You understand suffering. You understand what, what it means to, 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 to walk on this earth and have the difficulties and struggles that each and every one of us go through. You understand that and you chose to be with us. You chose to came, come and live among us, and you chose, God, to give up your life for us on the cross. God, what a demonstration. So, God, it's my prayer for everyone in this room. That this Christmas we would celebrate what is really important. That we would embrace, understand, and believe that the God of the universe loves us. And God, in turn, I pray that we would be filled with and over, overwhelmed with, with love for you and love for our neighbor. And that we would celebrate that, not just the month of December, but all year long, God. That we would we'd be people that are transformed because we understand you're with us. We understand you love us. As we transition to our time of communion, I want to invite you to to take a moment and to think about the gift that God gave you that first Christmas. Think about the message that is proclaimed. Think about how that transforms things and changes things. And if there is a big struggle, difficulty, doubt that is going on in your life right now, understand that the arm of the Lord is strong enough to handle that. Understand that there's nothing too big for the God of the universe. Understand that. And if you're sad, struggling, emotionally, like, Spent, 
understand that the arm of the Lord is there for you too. Take a moment to reflect on the words of the prophet Isaiah. Take a moment to reflect on the message of Christmas. And thank God for the love he demonstrated.